Hi everyone and welcome to the Curve Mindset Podcast. I'm your host and co-founder, Lonnie McGinley. Today we're joined by Sarah Loudon. How are you, Sarah? Hey, Laurie, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, could you just tell the listeners a bit of background about yourself? Um, so, my name's Sarah, obviously. I'm from Newcastle, England, as you can tell by the accent. Um, came to America when I was 18 on a soccer scholarship. Um, started in Mississippi and then moved to Louisiana in my playing career. And then started my coaching journey in Louisiana at the school I played for. Um, and then from there, basically got my first coaching job in West Texas. From there, moved to Houston to work with the Houston Dash. Um, got my first Division One collegiate job at Sam Houston State through that. And now I'm at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Okay. And when you sent your kind of CV and resume over, it says you wanted to obtain an assistant in the NCAA, kind of the women's side. How are you going to go about that? Is that do you have a plan for this, or are you going to try and you know have a? Is there a way of doing it? You kind of going through mentors or or something? Well, you know, I've already actually had um, one Division One job as an assistant coach uh, at Sam Houston State. I was there for two years. Um, first year, I think we were runners-up in the conference tournament final. The next year, we didn't do so well. Um, and so I just felt as though that I needed to... It was a great experience, but I just felt as though I needed to, to get out and broaden my horizons, if you like. Um, so that's when I reached out to Becky at the University of Florida to see if there was an opportunity here. And obviously, if you know anything about the University of Florida, the staff have been together for the last 15 to 23 years, 24 years, I guess, now. And so, you know, to, in order to get to a program like this, you got to do whatever it takes. So I said this in the, the blog that I did not long ago, but, you know, we looked into roles as being a janitor and looked into roles of being a cafeteria worker, but anything that it took to get in um, is such an amazing, not just an amazing program, but an amazing athletic school and an amazing academic school. So, uh, um, you know, in terms of the next opportunity that that comes along, I think it's the same. It's the same process, you know. Like hopefully the the two or two and a half years that I do Florida and all the learning that I've done here, hopefully I can, you know, be lucrative to somebody as I apply for another Division One job in the NCAA. Yeah, and can you just tell the listeners kind of how you kind of go about that kind of working that kind of working to get an assistant job? Because as you said, you're a cafeteria or a janitor, but obviously you want to be a, a football coach. But can you just tell the listeners you kind of process? Uh, who you've got there? Yeah, um, obviously I played over here in America. So obviously born and raised in Newcastle and came over here when I was 18, like I said. But we, um, you know, the natural progression from playing to coaching was pretty easy for me just because I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Um, but the process, you know, I think is more difficult than people think to get your foot in the door. Um, a lot of it is about who you know. Um, and you know, it's very competitive, especially nowadays. So I think, you know, trying to get in those roles, it's trying to get your name out and try to network and um, try to meet as many people as possible because you don't know down the pipeline how those connections work out. So I think in terms of how you get there, it's just basically, like I said, like, you know, we're talking about taking a job in a cafeteria or a job as a janitor, like, you know, it's, it's anything and anything to get there. Um and my way hasn't been really the conventional way, so I don't know if I'm the best person to ask, but mostly it's getting experience at different levels and then hopefully getting the opportunity later on down the line at the Division One level. Um, yeah. If you know something, yeah. that they're waiting for you. Definitely. Um, Sorry, I didn't hear 
sorry, it's a bit of connection problems, but we will edit it. Um, you you've um, obviously worked with a kind of a lot of kind of good coaches, and Randy, what is it, Wildrum? Is that the is, and um, he's obviously a mentor to you. How do you kind of deal with people who have kind of worked at the top level? How do you kind of get experience from them? Well, again, I think for me with Randy, it was just I sent an email and just asked if I could help out. Um, to be honest, I didn't really have any expectations of getting an email back off Randy, but one of the things that Randy's great at is he's great at, he wants to grow the game of football, especially the women's side, and so he's willing to do whatever it takes to help young coaches. Um, and so, you know, he remembers what it, what it's like to start from the bottom. So for Randy, like, getting in with him was obviously, you know, a massive deal, but, you know, I just had to make myself available to do whatever it took um, for an opportunity under him. So whether it was taking stats, moving cones, picking up water bottles, um, or whether it was getting the whiteboard out of the locker room, whatever, whatever was value, whatever I could do to make myself valuable while I was around him. Um, but just the opportunities that he gave us. I mean, I was in the locker room before and after games. You know, I was um, in the coaches' meetings. I was in everything. So he pretty much immersed us in everything. And my role kind of progressed from being 24 working in the pros. I got there for two years. Uh, by the time I left, I felt like I was doing a lot more than when I first went in. So it was just kind of your role. My role, I guess, kind of. Um, progress down the line if you like but just being mentored by him obviously is just unbelievable and I know one of the things about Randy is like I know I could call him tomorrow and he would still help me out yeah and as you said you've kind of worked with um, Randy uh, with the kind of Houston uh, is it Dynamo or Dash uh, but the what I'm trying to say is see when you're working with someone who's got that kind of trust in you how do you kind of repay them do you help them out with kind of ideas or you know because it takes a lot of trust to work with someone quite high up but how do they kind of help you out with the kind of experience you know as you said there is coming into the kind of dressing room but how does he kind of help you out and is there any other examples you could possibly give well i think with uh i think with randy one of the things that he did do is he did he did trust me with information that you know that maybe other coaches might not have um but in terms of repaying, I don't think, I think in, it's hard, you know, I, I mean, I want to say like it's, I don't think I could ever repay him, um, but at the same time, I think the way to repay that is to make sure that the next generation of coaches that come through, I give the same opportunity to the next the next young coach that comes through. I think you kind of pay it forward, but, you know, I, don't, I think Randy always wanted my opinion, no matter what. I mean, just if I was a 24-year-old with a D license, it didn't matter. It was whatever my opinion was, he was going to listen to it. Didn't mean he was going to take it, but he was he was always willing to listen to it. And, you know, sometimes they would take it and twist it, or sometimes they wouldn't take it, and that was fine. Yeah. And you've got a, a variety of different experiences and kind of licenses through like your goalkeeping, your, your certified SNC coach, uh, a USC and the kind of Premier Diploma and kind of a couple in England. What's the favourite one you've kind of worked on and the most, one of the most challenging ones? Ooh, favourite one. Jeez. Uh, I mean, again, I think licences uh, are great. I think, obviously, like, the more licences you have, like, you know, obviously it's great to professionally develop. I just want to say, like, you know, you've got to have the man management side of things too and how to treat people. I think that's the most important thing. But my favourite licence was probably my USSFB that I just did. Um, and the reason being just because it was a lot less stressful than any other license that I've done um, in terms of it was more about um, it was you know it was all football based obviously but it was just more, it was a holistic approach of coaching um, 
but it wasn't as condensed and as stressful as other licenses have been. I think my SFC license was probably the hardest license I did do because uh, it was nine days and it was jam-packed and it was just so stressful. Um, you either knew it or you didn't, whereas the USSFB, they kind of take you where you're at um, and they guide you along the process. And I just think that because there was a good group of people, there was three groups of 12 people, and you get to know everybody really well because you're together over a six-month period. Um, the most challenging license I've ever done, again, I think looking back at my C license, but probably my C license or my CSES. I think the CSES was really just... It was just not near the, the studying that I had to do because I wasn't in school anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it was getting back into the discipline of reading books and, you know, um, learn the material that I needed to learn. And I was coaching at the same time. So And it was my first coaching job. So it was just, it was a lot at one time. But it's probably the most rewarding qualification that I've got just because it sets us apart from everybody else. Yeah. And see your, your kind of mindset moving from uh, Newcastle to the States. What was the kind of, were you nervous? Were you excited? Was it a, a, a lot of... A mixed emotions, you know, because it is when you get a scholarship, you get that kind of excitement, but obviously there's pressure on it. I'm just wondering your kind of mindset was when you kind of started to realise you were going to go to the States. Yeah, I think uh, when I was 18, to be honest, looking back, that was 10 years ago, I was so fearless um, and I was very excited. There is pressure, I think, because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are like, ah, you'll never stick it, you'll never make it. Like, you know, because a lot of people go out there and they come back after a year and, you know, they just, it's just not for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it is a, it is a completely different way of living. Um, so there was a pressure in that sense. And because the first move that I went, the first school that I went to, the first move, if you like, like wasn't the most ideal move. It wasn't really the right fit for me. So it would have been easy just to pack the towel in and come home. Um, but in terms of mindset, I just think I was so fearless back then and so excited that it didn't really bother us. Now, as a 28-year-old, I think, as you, as you get older and life starts to hit you, like you kind of get a little bit more... Um, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if what the right word is, but you just kind of you're not as uh, willing to take those big risks anymore. If you like, it was a massive risk, but um, you know, there's no reward if you don't take the risk. So yeah, and obviously you're working with the University of Florida now. What's that like? Is that job? And also, obviously, uh, working in Florida, there's a lot of sunshine, but there's also a lot of kind of you know pros and cons to it. But how do you kind of deal with the you know, that kind of side, because obviously Florida is massive, you know, and everyone knows what it is, but working with a university can be very challenging. I'm just wondering what your day-to-day job is and also how you kind of deal with the kind of players and their egos. Um, to be honest, it's it's the most, uh, it's the best environment I've ever been in just because of the resources that uh, they have here in terms of, the prestige of the program and the prestige of the athletic department. Um, you're not just around, you know, uh, you're not just around elite soccer coaches. You're around elite every coach. I mean, you look at the tradition of Florida athletics and you walk down the hall and you've got, you know, the head volleyball coach, Mary Wise, who's been here, you know, decades and so successful. You've got the tennis coach who's won a national championship. I mean, everybody's so successful. So, you know, in that essence, you, you're around the elite. And at times when I first got here, I felt like I didn't really, um, I don't know if fit in was the right word. I think it's just kind of like, you know, being around those types of people. It's like, you've got to stop believing that maybe you're a little bit special too, because everybody here is. Um, but, you know, it's a great environment. I've learned a lot from um, the coaches, especially uh, Alan Kirkup, who 
you know, as one of the associate heads of Florida, he played for Manchester United back in the day, so, and he's just a great teacher of the game. Um, you know, the same for Vic and, you know, Becky, like, I've, I've wrote a lot about Becky in the blog that I did again, but and some of the podcasts that I've done with, with other people, but Becky's just unbelievable at what she does, and you know, whatever role that I'm in, and, you know, I'm in a role of an equipment manager, like, my role's obviously very different to what, you know, most other coaches are in, in terms of how their path goes, but I've learned so much in the first year that I've been here, not just as a coach, but as a person. Um, but this place is just making us a better person. And I'm not comfortable here. There's times where I don't feel comfortable. And I think that's okay. Like, um, as long as I'm learning and growing, and I'm definitely doing that. So it's been, it's been great. It's been a great experience. And in terms of the players, um, you know, again, it goes back to culture. Like, we do have some big personalities on our team. But at the same time, I think the culture of Florida soccer, and that's what we're known for. They're known for their culture and what Becky's built in the last 24 years. And there isn't anybody here that thinks they're bigger than the program. And that's what makes it really special. Yeah. And as you said, the, you, you don't grow anything in your comfort zone. It's all outside your comfort zone, which is the kind of key aspect. Just the next question is, you know, you are awarded with the 30 under 30 for the USC. Is that the United Soccer Convention? Um, but uh, can you tell us your feelings for that? And also the kind of Hall of Fame for the kind of Gateshead. I'm just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, United Soccer Coaches, uh, obviously really uh, proud to be within that just because there's only, you know, 30 coaches that get picked every year. I actually applied the year before and didn't get in. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But again, you know, you've got to keep knocking at the door and then the next year I get in. And it was a great experience. It was a great networking experience just to get to meet people that are my age that have the same vision, the same dreams, same goals. Um, and you know that's something that bonds you to the the organization for the rest of your life so that was really um that was really obviously humbling and you know the year before i think i got an award the anson durance award um for the same the same organization so that was you know really nice they paid for uh, they paid for the premier diploma with that uh, scholarship um so just really again honored and humbled that i got picked for that in terms of uh, the gates of college uh, i played there for two years by no means was the best player that's ever played for that academy. Quite, in fact, the opposite. I mean, we were unbeaten in the two years that I was there. Previous years before I got there, you know, the likes of Jill Scott were there and Polly Telford, who obviously are fully fledged in England and national players and in the WSL at the minute. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things about um, me in terms of getting to college was I was one of the first ones that went to the States um, and finished a four-year playing career. So, you know, it was a great honour to obviously be inducted into that. And um, I had a great two years at Gateshead. I mean, I was student athlete of the year when I left. And um, by, like I said, by no means the best player there because we had an unbelievable team. Um, but um, the two years at Gateshead pretty much opened the doors to prepare me for America, That the best that England could have, to be honest. Yeah. As you said, the the 30 under 30, you know, it was a lot of networking. Can you tell us the kind of key aspects or the key techniques you kind of use to try and get yourself out there a bit more? Well, I think social media now, um, I'm learning that social media is a, is a way to brand yourself. Um, it's huge. And, you know, athletes do it. Athletes brand themselves through social media, and I think it's just as important for coaches. Um, in terms of networking, and the convention's a great place to go network because you can literally be walking out of a session and walk into a, the hotel and bang right in front of you there's Patrick Vieira or there's uh, Thierry Henry or there's Danny Abrahams whoever um, and they're all you know Emma Hayes from Chelsea Laura Harvey from Utah like 
you know, you just get to be around people that you would never, ever get to be around in the football world. And, you know, you can go introduce yourself to them or, you know, just kind of attend their sessions and learn. But not just, you know, not just those types of people, but even, you know, people in the college game or the people in the club game or, you know, whatever. Like, there's there's always people around. And, you know, like I said earlier, like, you just never know who might know somebody else down the pipe pipeline. So um, it's just a great way to go network. And I think in terms of just networking with people I think it's important just to introduce yourself and you know make sure you know something about that person before you do that but um you know for me it's it's just hopefully you know having a good conversation with somebody and finding a commonality um is what I usually tend to do yeah I was always taught research the person first just in case there is a you know, there is a chance you might meet them, you know, because even if you have one thing, they they respect you for that, you know, because I know the, the kind of world we live in, if you make an effort, someone actually will help you, but if you make no effort, then you're basically bottom of the ring again. Um, just a couple of quickfire questions. Um, what uh, book has the, had the most influence on you? Ooh, what book had the most influence on me? I would say, as a coach, lately, probably What Drives Winning. Okay. Uh, who's your best mentor or the person who's mentored you well I know it could be a few controversial but I'm just wondering who's going to help you to get to where you are oh you put me in a bad spot there uh, well obviously two or I think Randy, yeah oh, three okay um, I think obviously you know Randy was kind of the catalyst in, in my career if you like I mean the opportunity with the dash open the doors at the University of Florida but I would say Randy and Becky have definitely had the most impact on my career um, you know I wish I got really more time with Randy because obviously in the pro game you know you train and then in the morning and then you have you know your coaching meetings and then you're done um, but in college I feel like I'm around Becky much more just because it's more of a you travel together I didn't really travel with the dash um, but I was at all the home games and all that but you know, I think in terms of Becky, like I'm around her 24-7, if you like, because we're this, this season, obviously you're traveling together, you're training together, you're in the office together. So I would say those two have had the most profound effect on my career this fall. And um, what's your kind of, kind of favorite movie? That Sometimes that people in sport, which it could be two, it could be a sporting movie or something that actually just doesn't, you know, something that relaxes you. Because I know... I, I kind of like the Simpsons movie that's just a bit of fun but then I'm just watching you know the Manchester City or nothing you know as a sports thing but again I'm just wondering is a bit of you know for you you know I'll be honest I don't watch TV I hate to say that but I just honestly like do not but what I will say is I, I, I have to say this I have to because it was in Newcastle I have to say go Remember with Santiago Munez, the Newcastle goal, the film? Sorry, we're just missing it. One second. Uh, well, I think uh, I have to say goal, which was obviously set in Newcastle. I feel like if anyone from Newcastle is listening, I don't say that. I feel like I'll, um, I'll get called out. But uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, I'll be honest. Um, but I, I am going to make sure that I watch that all or nothing, like I said, the Man City documentary. But um, I do like documentaries more than films because they're a lot shorter and it keeps my attention span. But I have to say goal, for sure, because it was in Newcastle. And what does uh, mindset mean to you? What does mindset mean to me? Um, now you've asked the question, Molly. No, sorry. It's a Scottish no, thing. <laughs> Um, what does mindset mean to me? Let's think. I have to think about that. Um, 
I mean, to me, I mean, I mean, it's just having a positive mindset. I feel like, right? Like being able to always see the the positive things, the positive side of things. Um, I don't know if that's a great answer. You probably should edit that. I don't know what to say to that. But as I say, you could probably send me a, like a list probably later on. You know, like a, a written answer. But uh, yeah. things to talk about. Yourself. Yeah. And now, just uh, where can people find you on social media and the uh, Florida team you uh, you work with? Uh, social media is at Sarah Loudon, uh, L-O-W-D-O-N. My uh, email address, if anybody does want to email, is sarahnloudon at hotmail.com. And the in terms of the University of Florida, it is Florida, Florida Gators. Um, and you can follow that on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you can Google us on the website, or you can follow us on Facebook. Or Instagram. Oh, perfect. Okay, thanks again, Sarah. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. If you don't already, give us a follow on Twitter at The Curve Mindset and please like and retweet the podcast. And also, if you can, leave us a review on SoundCloud or Anchor. Thanks for all your support.